What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sports Jedi Network here. I am your host, BX Sports Jedi Kev. What's going on? What's going on? Let's talk some. We're going to talk a little bit about it, a little bit of everything, a little sports centric. We're going to talk about all different types of sports today here. We're going to go with the first top topic is the New York Jets. Yes, the New York Jets 2024 season comes to a complete end. What a disappointment, in my opinion. Um, let me get here a little much, uh, much more close and personal, everyone. What's going on? The New York Jets 2024 season, 2023-24 season was a very disappointing. Um, you. Where they actually were going to be over 500. They were three, they were what, four and three at one point. The inability of the coaching staff to actually go forward and actually improve this team was totally mind boggling, in my opinion. Um, if, I, if I'm so disappointed with the offensive line play and this coaching staff is returning again, I have to ask the question what are we doing in Florham Park? You know, we saw Aaron Rodgers says they got to get rid of all the BS, all that losing mentality and all that good stuff there. Um, I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers could help this team going forward. They have a lot of lot of things to have to address, um, starting with, with the terrible offensive line. I understand if a quarterback could get the football and throw the football quickly and get the ball out, you have a chance. But let's face it. This wide receiver core that's sitting there right now doesn't excite anyone. And I know Garrett Wilson said he has the he had the worst year of his career, and that's not a good sign. If he's starting to show frustration and he's in year th uh, three, going into his third year, that's – and you know how the wide receivers are, very divish. Um, I'm a little bit worried because it sounds like the same old Jets. What happens if Rodgers returns next year? Another injury or whatever the case happens and he walks away from this team. You're get ready to lose a, a very good wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. I mean, you know what doesn't make the Jets case so tolerable? I'm going to be honest with you. As you see out there, guys like C.J. Strout, first year, having a hell of a, having a, hell of a season. I mean, he he's going to take. He, they won the division, rookie, and they're going to the postseason, guys. That that to me right there, my God, I'm like, what are we doing in Jetland? What are we going? And I and of course, I like Joe Douglas as a general manager, and a lot of people could argue with me and say Joe Douglas had one good strong draft. You know what? You might be right. But here's when I say he finds these other talent, Brees Hall. He has brought in other talented players in the draft. He might not be the smartest free agent gatherer or coach or coaching evaluator, but at the end of the day, it's Salah who's going to bring his coaching mates around him. He'll go listen to these are the list of free agents for the New York Jets staring in 2024. I will move on. I don't want to stay too much on a subject. I want to talk a little bit about everything here. Um you see the names there, Jordan Whitehead. I, I would. There's not that many. Ashton Davis, free agent. First and foremost, uh, Solomon Thomas, the veteran. He's got to be a really team friendly deal if you're bringing Solomon Thomas back. 
I don't believe Randall Cobb will return. I don't think Brees Hall will be returning. Billy Turner, see you later. Trevor Sirian, adios. Um, Brett Rippin, nice to know you. Thank you for warming up the bench. But you have to bring back your punter, who, let's face it, was your valuable player on the team. Brees Huff is going to be an important, but he wants to get paid. We might not be able to afford Brees Huff. Makai Becton, go bounce or go be an usher and a, at, a, at a church. See you later. Greg Zerline, you bring him back, but although you know how they do with kickers, they might sign another kicker, and that's it. And Covering McGovern, you want to keep your offensive line somewhat intact. McGovern was hurt, but McGovern on a team-friendly deal, you want to bring him. Dwayne Brown, adios, see you later. Enjoy retirement. And those are the names I will bring back if I'm the New York Jets. The Jets are going to be picking 10th in the in the draft. They'll have plenty of time to see what what. what or how they're going to evaluate the draft. Do they see the, the defensive tackle, the, the left tackle, excuse me, from Notre Dame? Do they go with a pass rush if they don't want to sign Brees Huff? You have Jermaine Johnson. You have Will McDonald. You you have Quincy and Quentin Williams. Uh, maybe Jamal, uh, C.J. Mosley might get cut, and, and my, they might go set a, a linebacker out. A lot of different things can happen for the Jets. This is just the beginning. I'm happy we beat Belichick on his way out, although reports not been official that he's returning to New England. If he is or isn't, the 15-game losing streak is over. You start, you turn the page. You want to build something on 2024, you broke the streak. And for Salah to come out and says that everyone's returning, even the offensive line coach, gives me a little bit of worrisome um, Jet fans. I am a little worried because you should have made a change at your offensive line. Shake, shake up the coaching staff a bit. Um, wide receiver coach, you know, these wide receivers show no separation whatsoever route running. And I understand it's the offensive line. You, Everyone wants to push the offensive line. That's why the offensive line coach should have not returned, in my opinion, for the Jets. We'll see where the Jets go. I'm happy they, they beat the Patriots or whippy do. They get 10th. Let's face it. The Jets dictates that they're not going to take a quarterback. Everybody would like to get Penix. Um, if Penix is available, you have to think about that. If you're the New York Jets and Penix is there, and and would you contemplate getting trade, trading back some, depending what team is desperate to come out? Because one thing Douglas has shown us, he, his ability of finding those talent in the first round. You know, Jermaine Johnson. I mean, the list is on. That draft was phenomenal draft for the Jets, who are their core right now, that we're seeing playing well. I'm a little torn with that. We'll see where the Jets go. I know the names are out there um, for head coaches. They're not going to change the head coach, Jets, Jet Nation. As much as I would love them to change the head coach, they're not changing the head coach. They're not. They're not doing it. They're not moving on with it. Um, they're not making changes on the coaching staff, even despite Honey winning that amount of games they did. Another team are our tenants, the New York Giants. They made a nice move. Um, they're quickly. Got rid of their offensive line coach, special teams coach. They are going to keep Wink Martindale and their offensive coordinator are both returning to the New York Giants. That's a good move for the Giants. Winning organizational, though, you could debate with the Giants if they're a winning organization or not, especially in the short time. Last year, they went, they won a playoff game. They, they were in the semifinals. We've seen they won two Super Bowls in the last 10 years. It's all that good narrative with them. But they make moves. 
you know, keeping both coordinators back with Dable. You saw the, the New York Giants at the end of this year improving. They're, and they kept getting better. They didn't tune out the coaches. That's what you want. And, and, and it's not how you start. It's how you finish. No, Wink, they, they, um, Wink said he might be back. Well, this is only day one, so I could be totally wrong as well. As according to Ian Rappaport from NFL Insiders, he's saying Wink Martindale to return. So you might, we might, might have to wait to see. But my point is, if they do bring those coordinators back into the fold, that's a smart move. You want to make the changes on the offensive line coaches and other and all those special team coach. They even talking about bringing former Joe Judge as a special team coach in return. I know Giant fans were like, oh, my God. There was a reason why Joe Judge became a head coach. His And I know New England has some good players. I think the guy knows how to coach. If you leave him to a specialty like a special teams, it might work for the Giants. Now, the question for the Giants, was that Saquon Barkley's last game? He was franchise tag. I don't see the Giants giving another franchise tag to Saquon. Um, Oh, my goodness. That's like a hero's welcome. Antonio Pierce. um, Personally, I hope Antonio Pierce gets the Vegas Raiders job. But I think Raiders, um, they want to bring that big name marquee. If he's available, Antonio Pierce, and and let's say Martindale decides to move on, that's a name that you would love to bring. It, first of all, it kind of eases the Giants' um, ira or anger on letting Wink go. Let's say Wink gets another opportunity, says, I'm going to go elsewhere, doesn't want to. They say there was a rip with the head coach, Dable, and he wants to move on. And you bring in Pierce. If he doesn't get the head coach job right there, that's a ground that the fan base will ease the blow I'm bringing in. He did get those Raiders to play and play well. They were very motivated. Um, the, the, it seems like the players around him gravitate to him. They like Antonio Pierce, former Giant, of course, winning the Super Bowl. You know, we have great memories. If you're a Giant fan of Antonio Pierce, it'll be interesting. The Washington Commanders job is out there. You know, if you could, if you pair an Antonio Pierce as a head coach along with, with Biennemi as an offensive coach, although Biennemi wants to be a head coach, let's say this new regime in in washington although they now they sign they sign a myers i don't know why they bring an nba guy in with along of of course they're going to bring some other nfl minds to make the decision for a head coach apples is apples and 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 oranges is oranges because listen when i got a toothache i don't go to a colorologist to you know if my heart hurts i'm not going to the dentist my point is stick with the you know they try the browns tried that years ago and look where they 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 were bringing in a baseball and analytic guy to try to help them run a football. Let let Myers do NBA and let the NFL do NFL. I don't I don't get that, but that's why certain organizations stay where they're at, doing dumb moves. Um, I you know Bob Myers is a smart man when it comes to the NBA world. This whole different uh, you know still sports, professional sports, yada yada. I get it, but they're two to me. They're two different entities. Leave it alone, but that's the commanders. That's better for us. Um, Robert Vera's out. Arthur Smith is out for Atlanta. The Artie party is over for the Falcons, although he was upset that he felt that the Saints ran it up the score on them. Well, why don't you just go out there and have your team play? Don't embarrass yourself, and you won't get the scores ran up on you if you're if you're Arthur Smith. You know you were out the door. It was just a, 
I guess that was must have been a frustration move for Arthur, Arthur Smith. The Giants will have some more money under the cap. What positions will they upgrade? Especially everyone's eyes, they're going to pick six. Will they draft a quarterback? I think the Giants need a quarterback. They uh, Daniel Jones coming off the injury. A lot of Giant fans didn't like Daniel Jones. And last year, he did play above and beyond the means. It was exciting in that playoff game. Some people could say the Vikings were terrible defensively. You know, that you know, that we saw the offense, the defensive corner got canned. Immediately that game was over. Um, the Vikings were not a good defensive team. Daniel Jones, we know what Daniel Jones is. I'm asking you, Giant fans, do you really want to see another year with Daniel Jones under center? That's up to you guys. When you when you could see around the league, CJ Stroud winning a division. Jordan Love and how embarrassing and how much egg does Rodgers have on his face? That's a you know what? That's a humbling experience for Aaron Rodgers right now. That your your replacement, Jordan Love, comes in, wins not only a game against the Bears, the final game of the year, he gets them into the playoffs and have a chance to go up against the biggest fraud in all of football, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, just think, you know, just think of Jordan Love and, and you could see it. Jordan Love going into Dallas and and beating the Cowboys on on wild card weekend and my god if you're and of course everyone likes the NFL script the NFL script will be perfect and if you're a, a Rodgers fan you got to go out there and eat a humble pie or, or crow um Jordan Love did it and 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 regardless of the fact that they lose to the Cowboys but I could see it in that world I think Jordan Love deserved all the flowers and accolades um that's a great job there for them if they go out there and win, even if they don't, that's a phenomenal job there for the Green Bay Packers uh, year one. And, and they got rid of Rodgers. They got rid of all the extracurricular stuff with the McAfee, the, the all the stuff that Rodgers bring. And I know and, and I'm a Jet fan and, and I'm not saying I'm glad we have Rodgers under center. And I'm glad. And, I, and when they signed them, that was a good move. That was a good move. I'm not going to say here we should have gotten. Lamar Jackson, although I made a video why the Jets should think about getting Lamar or Lamar being blackballed in the, in the, in this, but that's not that ship has signed. Um, Steve says Stephen says Jets should sign Terrell Taylor as a backup. He is going to be available. The one thing that worries about of Taylor, that guy cannot stay healthy. I know he's a backup, but when he does come out as a backup, that he cannot stay healthy. Um, he, he had to come out of that giant game yesterday. For a bit. That's what worries me about Tyrod Taylor, his health um, um, as a backup. And especially if you're coming in with an Aaron Rodgers who may or not be 100% with that Achilles and the offensive line may or not be good, you know, because they're bringing the same offensive line coach. Um, and that worries me of their blocking schemes. And with Hackett as an offensive coordinator, they showed us with inability to with, with terrible quarterback play not make any changes not make not be in an innovative or 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 a progressive with the offensive line I, I always said pull the guard move guys you know jet sweeps they didn't do anything they were very stationary very pedestrian and with Tyrod Taylor physique and even Rodgers I'm a little worried to bring a Tyrod Taylor as a backup um it'll be one it'll be interesting to see what names are out there hi Brandon as we move on here with the Jets Giants, I want to talk about 
something that right now it's really really fun. It's fun right now to watch them in the, the 2024 calendar moved over, although it's only been four games, guys, is the New York Knicks. Since making the trade, I know a lot of Knicks Nation got so worried, bothered, irate, because we saw, and I get why Nick Nation we got into that realm. Barrett, number three pick, quickly number 25, and the way they excel and elevated their game to help the Knicks break a drought, get into the postseason along with Julius Randle, despite the fact we lost to the Hawks in a gentleman's sweep. Seeing R.J. Barrett grow, um, averaging 17 to 18 points a game with us. Emmanuel quickly becoming a candidate, if not six man of the year. I get all of that. Sometimes we have to wait on allow trades and situation to happen. Um, right now, it looks like it sparked the New York Knicks right now. Like the way Josh Hart did last season. But the name that gets undervalued on all of this here that is solely quiet, two names actually, that is being quiet and you could say heart and soul and MVP of the team besides Jalen Brunson right now because Jalen Brunson is him. He continues to tell us and tell us that he's him is the Dante DiVincenzo signing and also Isaiah Harkenstein. Those two guys, what they bring to the Knicks night in, night out, is very valuable. And I know the Knicks were searching for that in Reggie Bullock. And I know because that's they were hoping Bullock will be. When when Thibodeau envisioned this years ago in that we're here season, Randall was going to do Randall things, although we had Alfred Payton in the point guard position. I get it. But they were thinking of Bullock being a specialist, that defense, and Bullock had a better reputation defensively. But DiVincenzo is a better basketball IQ on the floor. Knows how to get to the right spot. He might not have the height, but he's defensively on you like a cheap suit. He's knocking the ball out, active hands, always pursuing, not leaving his man open, following. Bullock did the same to the Knicks for a degree, but DiVincenzo is a much more offensive weapon. That's helping what Tom Thibodeau's envision and system is about. Remember, Tom Thibodeau's um, offensive scheme is it has to do with read and react. Remember that? Remember that we were, we were complaining about that read and react. You read the defense and you react to it. Either you find a cutting man, you swing the ball, or you go you cut you cut to the basket with the floater. And if your floater is not there, your offensive rebounding um, center is going to be there. You know. Either Harkenstein, Mitchell Robinson, and Jericho Sims. That's why the system is working. I got to give Leon Rose credit where credit is due, not making foolish trade, not knee-jerk reaction years after year. He made a move. It's a little bit unpopular to a, to a degree, but it's working because he's bringing people to fit the system. OG Ananobi, is, and, and despite not scoring, his, his scoring prowess is down from what we're getting from a Barrett and a Manuel quickly and from, but he brought people to fit the system, the read and react system, because when players like, like a DiVincenzo 
or Brunson are, are driving to the basket, there is the guys cutting. And also you're utilizing your center in Harkenstein when you brought him into the when his scouting report, when you brought him in as a free agent, was a very good passing center who could hit the three, who could spread the floor. Remember, he could spread the floor was Harkenstein's um reputation coming over from the Clippers. Now Harkenstein, and again, I gotta again, as much as we give a lot of heat or or ire to Mr. Tom Thibodeau, we gotta give him his credit. One of his credit for Tom Thibodeau, whenever he gets these centers and not and and they always flourish under him. In case in point in Chicago, Joaquin Noah, very good high energy center out of Florida, but he totally took his game to another level. And there was nothing wild with a Joaquin Noah. Joaquin Noah had a horrible shot, terrible. One of the most ugliest shots in all of professional basketball, but he made it work. High energy, rebounding, protecting the rim. And and you saw that also when Mitchell Robinson, when Tom Thibodeau took over as the New York Knicks, Mitchell Robinson couldn't stay on the floor. We're picking up silly fouls, um, doing a lot of raw things. And uh, Tom Thibodeau, and of course, Kenny Payne, we got to give Kenny Payne credit where credit is due, and the Knicks' whole entire coaching staff to help mold a Mitchell Robinson to the defensive player he was. Then he, we know he goes down, in steps in um, Nolan's Noel, another center who never lived up to lived up to potential coming out of the draft when he was drafted for, for, the, for the 76ers. He never drafted um, or never panned out to be that high draft pick, lottery pick. Nolan's Noel. Journeyman, of course, I don't believe think he's in the league right now. But under Coach Thibodeau and Kenny Payne, and on that they, and that defensive scheme, protect the rim and do what you. The Knicks got a four seed. He played and he was a catalyst, an anchor in that defense for the Knicks that year. It, it, let's not forget playing extremely well. Of course, Todd Gibson has made an NBA career with those fundamentals um, wherever he has gone, but mostly. Thrivish under the Thibodeau system for the for developing the centers. The same is going on here with Isaiah Harkenstein. That's why I, I believe in Jericho Sims. He's going to be another one when his time comes to, to be ready. Hey, what's going on? We're going to say hello to Tommy. And we're going to say, Tommy, congratulations to winning the AFC East. Of course, he has a date against those terrible Tower Steelers. Let's go. Good luck to you guys, Bill Mafia. And, of course, when we're talking about the center on Tom Thibodeau, the way he's developing the center position, you see it now with Harkenstein. Harkenstein now is becoming not just a center who rebounds. He's averaging almost 20, in the last three games, almost 20 rebounds a game. Unheard of. The assists, you know he could swing the basketball. The basketball doesn't die or stops in his hands. You know it's going to get moved either to a cutting player or someone in a corner, even when he puts the ball on the floor, that's a good sign. The team sharing aspect of the Knicks, it makes you excited. Now, we saw when guys get healthy, things happen. Taj Gibson, his contract was going to be guaranteed as um, in, a couple, in a few hours. The Knicks made a tough decision in waiving Taj Gibson, although I believe Taj might be a part of the Knicks coaching staff. The Herb Williams status, you know. Always good to have that mind there, you know, Brooklyn native. Keep him around if he wants to be on the coaching staff. 
Richie Diakono's contract at the five o'clock will be fully guaranteed. Um, they know they like to have that Villanova connection who can work helps. Um, as he's like a coach on the floor as well. The Knicks have surrounded themselves with really smart basketball minds. Um, it starts with Brunson. Um, again, the Villanova connection. Those guys are they might not be the most sexiest um players, they might not even be the top three lottery. They might not then Jay, but Jay Wright produced was NBA basketball fundamentals played right utilizing all those guys talents in that Villanova Wildcat run to stay and withstand in the in the NBA league and Brunson just took his game to another level in New York plain and simple even we see it with DiVincenzo who I say is a very one of the biggest New York free agent signings um in quite some time for him to come in here quietly um come in and play along and he just continues to get better for DiVincenzo. We saw him have a career game under the Knicks, flourishing under the Knicks. And um, we see now Brunson becoming, it should be an all-star, should be a starting all-star point guard. If we're the Knicks, by them making that move, opening up roster, they have 14 of the 15 available, keeping themselves open. Looks like they're going to make a move. A lot of names are out there. Um, a lot of insiders like to put out names so you could create the the traction or the fan base to speak and to hear that. And so certain teams could reach, so certain organizations that listen a lot to the fans, knee jerk reaction to what the fan base is saying. Um, the clickbaiting begins when it comes, of course, we're about over 30, you could say 35 to 40 days before the NBA trading deadline um, becomes official. Um, you won't be able to make any trades. Things are going to start heating up. The Devontae Murray names, um, Donovan Mitchell's name. And, 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 of course, here's a big thing. And let me read another comment. Brunson has a big team impact than he was when the Mellow was traded. Yes. And and I know that's a, a, a comment that a lot of Nick fans will be like, going to be raising their eyebrows, even get upset, Stephen. But you're true. You're, the, the, uh, the statement is also true. The impact of the point guard, Brunson, elevates everyone on the team. And if you're a superstar that we want to call Brunson borderline megastar, and I said it, you don't have to agree with me. Um, of course, not everyone agrees with everything I have to say anyway. Um, Brunson is on a borderline of a megastar because he elevates everyone around his team. Randall continues to get better. And... Randall played extremely well on the We Here year because there was hardly no fans. We had that. We spoke about that. Also, there was no high expectations. Then the year after with expectations, you saw the flop, you know, the irate, the thumbs down, all that. But now when Brunson came aboard, Randall continued to elevate it. He could, and also Barrett elevated. Mitchell Robinson elevated. Everyone on the team played better and elevated to, to, a, to a, a levels that we were like, wow. Even Emmanuel quickly working with a Brunson on there. That's what you call an impact player. Carmelo, top five scorer of NBA, Hall of Famer, don't get me wrong. It's not unlocked. I, you know, I've got his jersey. I love Melo. You know, three to the dome. But Melo didn't help elevate their team for a longevity. That one year when, of course, that block that really set the franchise back for five, seven years from Roy Hibbert was the reason. Was the reason there? Um, he didn't manage to get elevated, and of course, 
we could say insanity didn't help. You know, it was a flash in the pan. And I, and and by the way, what a travesty who said that Brunson was a one-year insanity. Who that person who tweeted that, dude? You know what are you watching the basketball with? Your eyes or with your ass? I asked that question. That's a terrible statement. Brunson has been doing this since the collegiate level. National champion. Come on. If you want to say you can't compare him to Linsanity. Linsanity, yes, he was good in Princeton, but didn't impact the Princeton team in the tournament. Like a Brunson was a point guard there. Going into going into Dallas, where you had megastars around him, like a Dantich. You before that, I believe he played with Dirk Nowitzki to a degree. And he still was considered to work hard and be fundamentally strong with them. That was a that was a terrible um, comment. But you know what? Each to each his own. Beauty isn't beyond the beholder, in my opinion. Brunson has totally taken this team and elevated and taken his talents and taken it to another level, which that's what you call an impact player, Stephen. I really enjoy seeing Brunson play out with the Knicks. One of besides DiVincenzo, Brunson. One of the best signings, free agents of New York sports right now, at least for the Knicks basketball, finally, because we have signed some really bad contracts, Knickerbocker fans. We have signed some really terrible contracts, head scratchers, or guys we thought was going to work out, didn't pan out. Right now, that's a, a step. And you could even say Julius Randle, to a degree, has been a very good, strong signing for the Knicks. The story is still not there to be, you know, not, not finished yet, story to be told. Um, what the Knicks will do to bring into this team, what to add. Uh, first and foremost, I would not give up Mitchell Robinson this season yet. I know people want to trade him because he's injured. You, Everyone forgets the impact of, a, of what a Mitchell Robinson brings when healthy. That's the only thing that, were, that irates me or bother or frustrates me is – and I know he gets angry and frustrated because you can see on his Instagram post, um, always, you know, he knows that he has a stigma of being injured, but his impact on the floor for Mitchell Robinson is unmeasurable. But he has to stay healthy. He has to, has to stay healthy, especially this year where Harkenstein is entering free agency and he's continued to play extremely well here. And if he finished the year, I don't see why not playing not just being considered maybe third team all all defense if he continues to play and rebound the way he's rebounding and playing well do the Knicks make a, a, a pivot and and think about and that's why I say in the summer I don't think they should trade him in the trade deadline because what you're going to get back is either a Murray or Mitchell now I want to give People, uh, uh, credit to some of my chat members that does well on the Return of the Knicks podcast. We do the watch-alongs here. If you haven't, if you're listening to us for the first time, we do a lot. We do a lot of watch-alongs. I do watch-alongs. Whatever major sport is happening currently, I'm in the season right now. We're in the basketball season. Jets finish, football is done. Now we're in the middle of the basketball season. As we get closer to baseball, spring training, we'll do some baseball um, watch-alongs, wrestling. Tonight we'll have the wrestling Monday Night Raw. Um, all the wrestling that doesn't take a year, that doesn't take any off day. So we're always doing wrestling, and of course we're going to be doing some Ranger hockey, possibly more towards the playoffs. Because um, I like the faster pace on the playoffs. Um, personally, to the calls and the watch alongs. My point is, 
as the as I want to give credit to Joe Curry, one of the chat members, um, mentioned maybe he could see a move where the the Knicks make a move um, with the in the, with Cleveland Cavaliers, where they probably get an Evan Mobley trade a lot of picks along for Donovan Mitchell. Mount, um, he's gonna he had, but this was before the the RJ moves and all that. Where he saw Grimes going one way with quickly with um he said quickly and he said Mitchell Robinson some a lot of trades I'm trying to remember exactly so and and again just to bring back Evan Mobley and um Donovan Mitchell I don't think that's gonna happen I don't think that's gonna happen money wise whatever the case is um but I want to give him credit on that I don't know right now the the Knicks sit fourth as we speak here um on the eighth of January they're fourth in the Eastern Conference, but the Eastern Conference is very tight. It's so much tight up and down the the roster there on the and any a two game winning streak or two game losing streak could really put you behind the eight ball or or propel you. We've seen the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid has some knee issues, so soreness. Um, a name that the Knicks were rumored to in the, in the offseason or upcoming years. What scares me, Joel Embiid, exactly what that is that knee that knee soreness where he comes as comes to the organization and his knees are so bad with so many minutes that we can't capitalize on bringing him here. Gave up so much and then it sets back stuff. Remember these trades when you want to get a uh, these type of franchise impact player could go either way. It could propel you into the NBA Finals or Conference Finals, or it could really get you back either to purgatory or cap or um, lottery status. That's why it's so hard um, to make those moves. And I got to give credit to Leon Rose for pulling that for the Onanobi. Onanobi, again, not averaging the scoring prowess that we lost, but boy, the Knicks defensively, their defensive metrics just went up, holding, you know, back. And one thing that was very, very impressive they went and took care on Friday, the 76ers, and then they go and they beat the Wizards. And where the Wizards came back down by five, when the Knicks had a big, comfortable lead in the past, the Knicks will find a way for even for allowing the Wizards to even either tie the game or even take the lead before winning by an ugly win, maybe by five. The Knicks, calm, cool, collective, gathered up, called the right timeouts. You saw the maturity on that team. Um, and a coach knowing what to, you know, knowing his team, knowing where to stop the bleeding, regroup them, probably, you know, reassess their their defensive assignments. And then you saw the Knicks pull away and win comfortably. That's a sign of a team maturity, a team knowing to trust one another and listening to the coach's system or their playouts or their readouts. And also having a general, a floor general on a Jalen Brunson controlling the narrative on the fort. That's winning basketball. That's why they're they're sitting at the at 21 and 15, six games over 500, and looking to add more against the Portland Trailblazers on Tuesday. That's a that's a great job there. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I and I know that the viewers are low. I get it. It's all right. I rather have quality over quantity. I don't like to clickbait. I don't like to to. Stir up the pot, and and I like to do the what ifs. I like the what ifs because it, the what ifs brings up a lot of conversations, a lot of conversations talk, and I like the what ifs. But I like to keep it, 
minimum on the over i don't want to oversaturate too many of the live content and and click baiting but i really thank you steven i really appreciate your, your support you also always a great supporter and i really enjoy it now my point with this back to the knicks here i'm excited for what they're doing what they're going to do and what they're setting up i also am going to give credit to credit is due i didn't think miles mcbride at least in the, in the upstepping was going to have that offensive impact that he had um that dunk before that quarter ended or the half ended against the wizards my god that's a ooh ah moment miles mcbride again I, I know i love the chat that says let the deuce the deuce is loose he is loose now it's in time to sink or swim he again he has now until at least a week before the trading deadline to tell the knicks he is a part a piece that they could use off the bench not just in the deep bench not just when they're up by a lot, but when they need a bucket getter, an impact player, an impact um, play, they could count on a Miles McBride to come in on in the game. It's one thing that worries about Miles McBride, but again, is his height. But look at Brunson, the way he impacts and elevates his teammates around. Can a Miles McBride with that second unit elevate and and propel the Knicks? Can they always add to their lead instead of having it diminish? That's what's going to separate the the McBride if they're going to go and, and try to get a mounting Brandon from from Portland, or, or they're going to add some type of a bench player like a Mogden, uh, or Bogdanovich or so forth to come in, um, or Terry Rozier. I want to stay away from Terry Rozier. I know Nick fans love him. Um, scary Terry, a lot of, and I'm one of the minorities. Kind of don't want to. He's been in the league for a long time. And to me, his teams never really do well with him. Um, yes, he's a bucket getter and all, but he's always on some bad teams where you're going to have opportunities to shoot and get numbers. Uh, you know, when teams are, when you're playing in, against, when you're in a good team, when you're in a good team oriented, you play against the best defense. You don't see those numbers. To me, I would stay away from Terry Rozier. Um, personally, that's just my pre preference. And I go, well, you don't like anyone. No, no, I do like certain players that fit, you know, that will break. Will, you know, I still think the Knicks need another point guard in case Brunson. And that's why Malachi Flint becomes very important. I want to see him to get his head acclimated if he's not happy being here. I, I kind of want to see him play well um in a perfect world the point guard i would like to bring in after brunson is um jose abravado from from the feet from uh the pelicans that's never going to happen because he's looked like he wants to be a starter in the league that's the you know alavado will be uh um from brooklyn native would have been a good pickup as a as a backup point guard for brunson but he's going to want minutes that type of player, that type, and I think McBride could fit that. I think McBride is going to fit that. I think we'll be okay, guys. Um, again, he's going to have plenty of time here. He's going to get the opportunities up to McBride. Now, Jericho Sims, I'm not going to worry too much. At first, I was a little worried coming back from that injury. The fact that they waived Gibson, and I know it was a business decision, uh, a smart business decision, tells me that Thibodeau likes the kid. Thibodeau knows he works his butt off. And if he's still here after the trading deadline, there's a future with Jericho Sims for the Knickerbockers, in my opinion. Um, I think he's going to stick around there with that. We'll see. We'll see where it goes with the Knicks. Personally, we find out. I don't want them to go bananas 
making crazy moves to make everyone, but it seems like they're going to go all in here trying to get to at least to the Eastern Conference final because then it'll justify bringing Tom Thibodeau back. Remember, Tom Thibodeau has one more year on his deal. After this year, the Knicks organization has to think about either extending him or bringing in another head coach to take over for Tom Thibodeau, see if they can elevate this team to another level. They might think that they might have reached their ceiling with a coach Thibodeau. I'm going to reserve my right to change my mind. That's the easy cop-out. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to be honest. That's a, that's a cop-out. The reason why I'm going to say it's an easy cop-out because right now what we're seeing, the way McBride is developing, the way Harkenstein gets better having career years, and I guess maybe a contract motivates him. You know, I always said it, nothing motivates a, a professional athlete when they have to make that generational change in money, especially in the NBA, the money and the contracts they give out. I mean, if you, if, you know, you have to have talent just to be in the league. You're not a slouch, you know, who's playing on your local YMCA or, or you know, pretends to be, you know, because shoot a, you know, shoots a hoop on, on, on a hoop that's only five foot short. You're thinking you're an NBA star, you know, nonsense. When you get on the floor, it's something different. You know, Harkenstein has talent. But for him to take it to another level under Coach Thibodeau shows me that Thibodeau and seeing other guys come in like an Ananobi who plays defense, gets the system. Um, Precious Achua. Don't forget, Precious Achua wasn't just a throw-in. The Bronx native is high-energy player that, could, that you saw him knock the ball, kept some balls alive there in the 76ers game. He still hasn't endeared himself. He hasn't had a breakout Nick moment for us yet but it's only been four games guys only been four games maybe some nerves maybe now coming back home settling down reckon getting into a routine a regiment i think these guys are only going to get better even ananobi in the offense you saw him miss a couple of, of shots but og around the basket cleans it up i think those guys are going to have good one the one that worries me again is malachi flynn he, his body language shows me he doesn't want to be here. Like, he didn't want to get traded. I, but there's opportunities for Malachi to play, at least for in his short term, to be added on a deal to be moved for if maybe they want to get a bench piece, you know, and so forth. He could be moved. I wonder if, I wonder if he could get motivated if they could talk to him. But that's for the Knicks there. I'm excited for the Knicks. They don't play until Portland until Tuesday. I'm really excited for them. I can't wait to see them continue to grow as a team. And I'm ex and. This is a fun year. Usually around this time of the year, we know where the Knicks are. We know expect expectations with them. They're like, damn, this team, they're close to 500, under 500. What could be moved there? And listen, last year we were talking about Emmanuel Quickly and, and, and Julius Randle not getting along or, or, you know, Harkenstein. Actually, no, this is the time of year where Harkenstein was, was having a rough patch. And he got to turn it over on that block against the Cavaliers. Interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Now let's talk about some baseball. Hard stove baseball time. Let's talk Yankees. As we all know, right now it's hot stove. Nothing is really happening right now, although the Mets did some move. We'll talk about the Mets in a second. With the New York Yankees been rumored where a lot of interest, interested mutual um, interest between pitchers. Yankees need a Yankees need starting rotation. Right now, they're incomplete in their starting rotation. The names from Blake Snell, Marcus Stroman, making a trade for Dylan Cease, um, 
Beaver, Shane Beaver, Jose Lozardo, um, so many other different names are out there. If you go the free agent route, and I, I don't get why Yankee fan base or content creators, podcasters, clickbaiter, masturbators, all those other baiters out there don't want Blake Snell. I don't get it. This guy's won two Cy Young Awards for the American League and the National League. Who is pitching the American League East. Who just is coming off of Cy Young Award. Who is a left-handed pitcher that fits your stadium, Yankee Stadium. And then you sit there and say, you don't want Blake Snell. I mean, you. but, but meanwhile, you guys were willing to throw a parade. You made countless of streams. And you mentioned about, you've been talking about him on my platform since July, this Yamamoto kid. Oh, but you're willing to give him, you're willing to go $300 million for a Yamamoto who never pitched an inning in the, in the American League or in baseball, who's coming from, who's on a, who knows how to pitch every six days, who pitch on a small baseball, who is five foot seven or five foot nine, whatever the hell it is. But you guys were enamored and wanted to throw a parade for him. But meanwhile, Blake Snell. Now, 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 Marcus Stroman, and I know you don't, I understand he's a, he might not be your cup of coffee outside of the baseball world, but if you look at his baseball metrics, he doesn't give up the long ball. He's a ground ball pitcher. Also neutralizes the short porch in Yankee Stadium. For a right-handed pitcher too, by the way, for you to sit there and say you don't want Marcus Stroman, you and. And if the deal is friendly for the Yankees to sign him, where it's going to help you keep a Juan Soto down the road, because let's face it, you want to bring, this is all about keeping Juan Soto. If you could bring Stroman with a short and, and get him on a deal that helps your team and build you a solid pitching rotation, you got to be nuts, Yankee fans. You got, I'm sorry. You guys don't, don't, anyway, if you hear it, you guys don't, don't collaborate with me anyway. So couldn't care. What makes you think you don't want this? You don't want this player. Dude, they have the audacity to say you don't want Snell or, or Stroman. Arrogance. And you wonder why the other the other fan bases looks at us with that type of disgruntled or dislike, off-putting. Because you're we sit there being arrogant that we don't want this guy. It might, you know what? Maybe financially might not help the team. That's a better way. But to, you don't know for a fact that this guy is not going to help the, the Yankees. If you're telling me you throw out there Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, who, by the way, back-to-back, -back, two Cy Young Award winners, Carlos Rodan, um, Clark Schmidt, and you want to bring in an Esther Cortez? I mean, come on, guys. Come on. Who are you fooling, man? Jose, Loza Jose Lozado. Is going to bring you. You might have to trade a Glaber Torres, and then the trades, the trade speculation. I love it. You want to? We don't know if Juan Soto is going to leave at the end of the year. He's going to test free agency. So you want to give the Yankees' best prospect in Spencer Jones at six foot seven. The same thing they wanted, and, and remember, guys, this is the same folks that wanted to give Judge up for Chris Sale. I remember. Oh, we got it. Yes, let's trade Crick. Let's trade Judge for Chris Sale. How that turned out. And I get, and then you're going to come at me with, well, we've been prospect hugging. We prospect hug Andujar, Frazier, 
Bird, I get it. We we did. But we the one guy that we didn't prospect hug that turned out was Aaron Judge, who could easily say the second best or the best player in baseball right now at that stature. If you're telling me you got a guy in Spencer Jones at that, at that stature, like Judge, the monstrosity that he is, that's, I mean, you got to try to make make a better trade up opposition there just to throw i mean what makes you think that the other teams would have yanked them out of your hands that's it's funny it's funny on that it just frustrates me because they want to you want to throw your best out there you can't deplete your farm system guys that's why blake snell makes sense you go out there depleting your farm system soto leaves let's say he doesn't seem enamored with the bronx or there's other teams that was going to pay him the $700 million and they're going to defer it for the next 45 years. And the Yankees are not in that. We're not going to defer it. He's going to leave. I'm not saying he will. No, I want Soto to stay in New York. I was one of the first ones to, to say Soto should be a Yankee since last June. You know, when before his name was even available for trade. You got to go get Juan Soto. But there's you got to also... And I'm glad the Yankees operate where the what if he doesn't stay here and have contingency plans. If it were for us, we'll trade everybody, everyone immediately from the minor league system to get this one for this one. And then that's it. And then we're screwed if he doesn't pan out. The same thing with Carlos Rodon. We don't know if he's going to come here being injured. Rodon had a history of being injured. Rodon had history of not staying healthy. It's the same thing we would assign um, Chris Sale that went to the, to, to the Braves. The Braves got pitchers in case Crick Sale doesn't pan out or is injured. Then you know what? They got a number one and number two. They have some pitchers. If the Yankees were to get Chris Sale, that would have been a disaster. That would have been a huge disaster. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I want to know the reason why Marcus Stroman won't fit in New York. Because he writes up, because he blocks you on Twitter. Is that the reason why? He blocks you on Twitter. He blocks fan bases on Twitter. He's not going to work in New York. Did you see his stuff? I'm not saying he's an ace. I'm saying Marcus Stroman is a number three, solid number three pitcher who's going to pitch over 100 plus innings. He's not going to give you the shenanigans who's going to be drunk in a clubhouse. But meanwhile, we cheered when the guy threw a no-hitter, a perfect game. We cheered. Who slapped his wife. But we cheered. But Marcus Stroman, because he blocks a few people on Twitter, he sucks. He's not going to be good for the Yankees. Come on, people. See with your eyes, man, not with your heart. That's all I got to say about Marcus Stroman. I think he fit, he'll fit well in New York. I think he'll pitch well. He's a, he's a local kid. Oh, he pitched for the Mets. How did that work out? He pitched okay with the Mets. It was the other stuff. I think Stroman will work. I, 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 you'll be crazy to want to pick. But meanwhile, you wanted to get a, a Japanese player who you don't know how he's going to throw in the American League, in the United States baseball, who never pitched at all and who, who you don't know how many innings he's going to get. If he's going to break down, um, you guys want to give him 300 plus million. Okay. Yeah. That's why Jordan Montgomery isn't returning, by the way. We got to be careful. We have to see what talent is talent. This is not a most. This is not going to be a popular opinion. And, and ask me if I care. It's not a popular opinion. At this point, I'm going to be real, real, and honest. I wouldn't want to bring Jordan Montgomery back. No way. 
you had them here, you misused them, let them move on. That's why you go get proven talent. You bring Snell, who's a proven talent. He's a talent. And if you still want to make a trade because you got it, listen, at the end of the day, you got to get rid of Glaber Torres. Torres is going in his final year of a walk. The Yankees are not going to sign him long term. You want to move Glaber Torres to, to Miami. You bring Losado. Um, and you want to sign Snell. I'm good with that. And you want to have, and you even want to, if you have to kind of move Nestor Cortez, I wouldn't want to. Part of that deal to Miami, you're bringing two players that they could, they could market Miami in Cortez and Torres and a minor leaguer. And you want to bring that left-handed Losado and you want to bring in, you could make a move like that, Yankee fans. That's the type of moves there. Although... Torres and Nestor is a lot for Miami for that one pitcher. Um, but you could, you, you, those are the starting points. You could try to make some pieces um, because you could move Peraza to second base easily. You also have Jeter Downs. Jeter Downs is not going to be an all-star. You can't have an all-star in every, every position. If you bring a Jeter Downs to compete, uh, maybe his bat comes alive in a, in a lineup where you have Soto, Judge, Rizzo top heavy where you could plug him in seventh nine don't expect much but any he gives you something pleasantly surprised all I remember Jeter Downs being a pain in the ass against the Yankees coming in you know pinch any situation the limited time he played him he was a pain in the neck you got guys like that make it's okay to make those moves but to sit there and say you're not you don't want MLB free agent pitchers because you think he's not going to work here can you tell me why not because he blocks people on Twitter. It can't be that because he's an he's he's bad. He's he's not a happy guy. Randy Johnson was the most miserable dude. He came in here. He almost broke. A, he broke a cameraman his first day in the Yankee in the Yankee um, walking down the street of New York. Wasn't a nice dude. Kevin Brown was a prick, but he pitched. There's so many players that if you were to know how how they were outside of baseball, you would not like it. You gotta. You cannot say no to Strowman, Michael. You cannot say no to Strowman. If he's available there to fit your rotation, a major league serviceable pitcher. Look, you bought. Look, this is the team that bought Corey Kruber to pitch, who had nothing left in his tank, and he pitched well. Marcus Strowman did not embarrass himself for the Cubs. Does he over overstay his welcome in the clubhouse? That's another argument to be had. Yes. That's an argument that you could say I'm agreeing with you. He's, But at the end of the day, he's a number three starter. The Yankees need a number three starter. They don't need the ace. Garrett Cole's the ace. They want to go with an ace, they could trade. But what's out there free agency-wide, that you don't have to give up players, you're adding to money, you bring in a strongman. But for that, you go get Blake Snow. I, I will go with that. Yes, if even if the Yankees say they're going all in, doesn't mean you go all in to all aces. You gotta fit pieces that complements the baseball team. You need, you know, you got Cole. You bring in a number start a number two, and then you if you want to sign your third starter, uh, uh, Stroman, you do. You go get the number two starter. Yeah, but that the thing with the Dodgers are doing. 
if they don't win, if they don't go into the postseason or win a World Series, that was a total mistake. Total, total. Um, they locked their players for a long time. You got Juan Soto here. You have to put a team out there with starters that are going to pitch, that are going to be healthy. You can go for the hypothetical of starters that I hope that we don't know if they could give us X amount of limits because they never pitched that limit innings. With Marcus Stroman, you know, year after year, you're gonna he's gonna get the baseball and go over 20, 25 plus starts a year. You want that, and that's how you utilize and capitalize on Juan Soto. Now, could they now to your point, is it a great 25 plus starts or not? That's to be determined as well. That's again, that's the other side of the coin, Michael, when we're having this conversation. We don't know if they're going to be quality starts. But damn, if you got a pitcher that's pitching over 25 starts a year, that means he's giving you some quality. Also, Snell. I know everyone goes, oh, we can't go with that, Michael, because of that. Um, his beliefs, you know how many, I mean, come on. If you want to go about that, that those beliefs and you want to take about that they had a, a – off-putting uh, racist beliefs. Have, I mean, if you were to, if we were to know about some of the Yankee legends, we'll probably will never see them ever again the same way. So I'm not going to go with that. What they do in their private life, that's their private life. I want to see what they do on the baseball field when they put on the pinstripes and get employed by the New York Yankees. What they do when they get to that stadium uh, and when they reach 161st and River Avenue, that's who I care about. Um they have to conduct themselves as professionals. I get it with the Yankees. But to not say I don't want Stroman for that reason, do we know him? We don't know Michael Stroman. We, you know. Now, Bauer, that's a great one. Bauer, here's the thing. Not because of mistakes, Stephen, I wouldn't want a, a Bauer on the Yankees. He hasn't pitched in quite some time in Major League Baseball. I believe it's going to be his third year away from baseball, guys. That's a long time away from a major league pitching. Um, it's like saying bringing back um, Matt Harvey now. Invite him to spring training and have Matt Harvey pitch. And we were like, I wouldn't want Matt Harvey. He's out of baseball for a while. Yes, I understand that he pitched in the Korean League and he or in the uh, over in the Far East. Um, he was actually sent down at a minor league in those leagues. Worries me about Bauer. Um, I think his his arm talent or his skill set has really diminished a lot for major league level. That's why I will stick away from Bauer. Now, what about his acquisitions outside of baseball? He was cleared. No, no info. No, no other stuff. I'm right or wrong. That's he doesn't have the talent. At the end of the day, I don't think he has a talent to want to warrant him back. Now, he if he was able to pitch and pitch well and, and have an arm and and scouting reports tells you that this guy arm is lively, lively and can help the team, you have to think about that regardless of the fact. It's the same thing with Chapman. Chapman, remember, Chapman fell in the Yankees' lap because the Dodgers did not want to deal with the situation that happened in Miami with his wife. The alleged situation or whatever happened there, he ended up with the Yankees. We brought him in here. No problem. Domingo Herman, no problem. 
I mean, it, it doesn't mean, oh, because we did it for them, we keep the, we bat an eye, look elsewhere. At the end of the day, if the player has talent and can benefit the team a lot, and not just the Yankees, all of MLB will bring that guy back in. Okay, there you go. Sorry, but by getting Soto um, and not improving the rest of the team is a failure. But they, but I, you jump because we're not getting your wish list. Um, because someone else is buying the groceries, it's a fail season. It's not improving. You got the best. You got the most. You got the generation. The one of the best generational young left-handed hitters of all of baseball on your team. You made a trade. They did something. They did something. They went and got the best player. Last year, they got the best available left-handed arm or best pitching available in Carlos Rodon. They didn't work out. But that's not the Yankees' problem. fault. The problem is they're not working out. When they come here, they don't work out. They went and get the best player. They got the best pitcher in Rodon. They got the – well, you wasn't saying that last year. Rodon sucks, but you guys were going bananas. The amount of streams – and I love about YouTube because the receipts are there. And you can watch any other body stream from, from Joe Blow to Baba Booey to Rich or, or you know, to, to, to your sister's ass. You see all their streams. Rodan, Rodan, Rodan. They love it. They were throwing parades. Now you guys think Rodan sucks. You, you can't be flip. You got to you flip flop more than a transvestite hiding his penis. Seriously. Seriously. The flip-flopping you guys do. Seriously. I mean, you know, Rodan, again, he's a mystery. Rodan is a big mystery, in my opinion. When he's not injured, really good pitcher. But again, that happens a lot. That happens a lot with him. There's a history in Rodan. Do I see Rodan being the Yankee number four? Yes. That's why it's important for them to bring Blake Snell. You're making my point with your with your um, comments, and I thank you, Michael, for putting the comments in the chat. You're making my point on why you should not poo-poo or, or disregard bringing a Snell or, or a Stroman here, or even both, if they could afford it. Remember, the Yankees have spent Ugats in free agents, and they improved their team immediately. They improved their team because while you're saying they haven't done anything, they moved an Esteban Florio for Cody for Cody um, Martin, who's going to help them with innings eater in case an emergency starter, building depth in the pitching staff. Even though he might stink, he might he might not be the uh, Cody Morris. Even if he might, you think he sucks, but he's innings in case of an emergency. You put Cody Morris to start a couple while someone goes on the IL spot starter. That's a good move. You're not going to have so if you're telling me for emergency starter, you want to bring in you want Beaver as your number seven starter. Yankees and a winning organization needs seven to eight starters, and if the first five are your top of rotation and guys who could be interchangeable in the bullpen or in your minor league system, and that you could bring up and down, that's smart baseball. You can't always have everyone. You're not going to have five aces. It's rare where everyone hits the five ace status. Even three. Look at the Braves. They had, they, you could arguably say they had four aces, only one World Series. 
It not it, it's a team. This is the ultimate team concept. Build a team correctly. How do you build a team correctly? Good starting pitching, up the middle defense, and you have a good strong bullpen. Now, I'm gonna agree with you, Michael. Yankees haven't really solidified the way they normally do with their bullpen. Josh Hader's sitting out there. Hader's a name you want to bring in here. And, and the way I will bring Hader in here, it depends on the years and the amount of money that he wants. You're not seeing a lot of teams out there running to Hader. Might not have not might not have enough suitors for a Josh Hader. Maybe they know something that we don't know. Name-wise, he sounds sexy. He sounds phenomenally sexy, but you don't know what's available there. You don't know why teams are not rushing to a Josh Hader. He hasn't really had any offers. You're you know, so got to worry about Hader as a reliever out there. You're going to have to probably make a trade. I know Class A, but I don't know if the Guardians are willing to break things down. You know, we're, we're talking about Beaver now and then Class A. I don't know if they'll I don't know if Guardians are willing to move um, um part. Now in Pittsburgh you want to try to get no Clay Holmes is in a, is in a closer, Michael. I totally I've been agreeing with you with that since last year. Clay Holmes is not a closer anymore. Clay Holmes had a one good year as a closer. He pitched phenomenal um, and did not and did not live up to the bill. That's a one year wonder as a closer. Is he a bullpen arm that you could count on? Yes. And of course, you're, you're and I'm glad you mentioned Verdugo. The Yankees are getting back to being balanced. They're balanced. You got Verdugo, Soto, Judge. Don't forget Stanton. Everyone put Stanton as a slouch. Stanton is still a threatable home run hitter who right now isn't right now needed to be a carrier of the of the offense. He's a great piece. He's becomes a luxury. He and Stanton becomes what's become your luxury car. Everyone else is important parts, but Stanton is luxury because if he when he's on, boy, he's going to be a a, a, a terror terror American League or Major League Baseball pitching. The rest of the guys are your are your nucleus in Stanton, Judge, Verdugo, and of course Lemayhu. Lemayhu is a big important. Can he bounce back? It'll be and Volpe. Volpe has to be Volpe. I want them to kind of make, he has to be a table setter. Volpe has to be a table setter either with base on balls, um, get on base, use his speed. Torres is going to have a career year. We all know it. Um, I'm excited for that. Glaber Torres is going to have a uh, uh, beyond career year where some of the Yankee fans might want to extend him. I'm saying, you know what? That's why I I, I think he's going to move on. You, 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 I rather you sign Soto full blast. And, and let Torres move on and and let him get greener pastures elsewhere because we have depth in the up the middle. No, he's not resigning. Torres, Torres is not resigning with the Yankees. Um, I think he walks. I think Soto, we have to resign. But Soto is going to cost, uh, look, look look around $55 million a year. $55 million a year um, for a starting point for him for 10 years. You're looking at five fifty. Five fifty starting point for Glaber Tor for uh, Juan Soto. I mean, Torres have a phenomenal breakout year. Wouldn't be surprised if Glaber Torres gets a three hundred twenty five million for ten years or twelve eleven years. I wouldn't be surprised because he's going to have that kind of year. That's why I kind of want to see him play under that um, 
opportunity to try to have a career year because he's going to benefit from Soto. He's going to benefit from Judge coming back. Um, and, and Stanton is going to have a, and they're going to have really strong bounce, bounce back years. Um, the Yankee offense is not going to be really an issue. The only thing that's going to hurt the Yankees is the speed, team speed, which although Verdugo, not known for his big flat uh, um, fleet of foot, but they'll run the base as well. With Jeter, with uh, Jeter Downs as a possibly, I think Jeter Downs wins a role on this team. Um, I think Jeter Downs wins a role on this team. I think personally, I think Peraza either gets traded or he'll keep be kept at the minor league system. In my opinion, um, it'll be interesting to see there. And and of course, when we in the Yankee fans, we want balance. We want balance. And speaking of balance, slowly but quietly, the team across the river, across there in Queens quietly bought a balanced pitching rotation in a move it's not going to be sexy maybe some people might propose to say dunster diving or whatever they put a strong pitching staff signing sean manier for two-year deal a pitcher that i liked in the past i'm very enamored with his stuff in the oakland athletic days lately he's been fall off a little bit but little injuries say his velocity has been increasing manaya going to the mets on a two-year deal, nice um, starting five for the for the Mets with Senga, um, Manaya. You know they they put a nice nice pitching staff for the Mets. One thing that I am a little bit disappointed with the Mets in this offseason, seeing Teoscar Hernandez going for twenty three million for a one year deal to the Dodgers. That's a player that the Mets could have used in their lineup. They need power bats either at the designated hitter spot who could play you DH, who could play the the corner outfield. Um, I was surprised that the Oscar Hernandez had no interest from the Mets. Um, that's a, a little bit worried. I wonder why the Mets were um, didn't make a move. The, the pitching, I'll tell you one thing, the, I bet you the Mets rotation pitches more innings than the Yankees. I bet you that much. And, I, and I'm a Yankee fan here. I bet you the Mets rotation as right now as we sit, Right now, without adding anything else, pitches more innings total as starters than the Yankees. I tell you that much right now. With the pitching, no, not knowing, not signing anyone today. I'm talking about currently right now. What we have now on paper for the Yankees and Mets, the Mets have a stronger um, pitching rotation, starting rotation than the Yankees, which despite having the Cy Young Award winner in Garrett Cole. Um, Rodon is a mystery. Severino was a dumpster spy fire, but Severino is, is going is going to have a he's going to play for a contract. Michael going to be pitching above and beyond his means. He made starts right now. Yeah, that's a little bit of a hot take there. I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with that. I said it. I'm going to stick with it. I think the Mets will right now with these five guys. They'll pitch more innings than the Yankees. They'll pitch more innings than the Yankees. But the Mets put themselves a balance. They still don't, you know, Edwin Diaz is returning. Do they have bullpen arms? They're waiting for, they'll probably get some bullpen arms in there later in the, as it gets closer. Once, look, once the, the spring training windows down to like 40, uh, 30 days to, to his pitchers and catchers to report, these, these signatures or these free agents start going to start finding homes. You're going to see it because guys want to get into their acclimation, where they're going to go. They also want to know where the hell they're going to live. You know, free agents going to want to know because they have to uproot their family. Some of the kids got to finish school, get ready, you know, school system, buying homes, the whole markets, all that extracurricular stuff that we're not aware of. But just say, oh, they'll sign here. There's all that other stuff uprooting of their whole lives, where they're going to live, their routines and all that good stuff. Um, I believe in another about another week, 
things are going to start getting picking up in major league free agency. Players are going to be signed. Contracts are going to be offered. Team knows what the barometer sets on the big time names. Um, I think once Snell gets signed um, and Montgomery, then everything else is going to be avalanche because they're going to know teams right now think they have an opportunity there to sign players. Um, don't be don't be surprised if the Mets sign Jordan Hicks away from the Yankees. Uh, you know, remember the manager there is Mendoza. He they're going to want to ask him players that fits his coaching style and it's got a lot of similarities to the Yankees a lot of ex-Yankees we saw Harrison Bader go to the Mets eh I'm not a big fan of Bader you know to be honest with you they should have gotten to Oscar Hernandez instead of Bader you know but at the end of the day that's their issue um is he going to be a good pick probably for the Mets he probably he probably will he was under Mendoza knows what, what he played well under Mendoza it is what it is for the Mets the Mets I understand the Mets offseason hasn't been exciting, but they're but they're solid. They're solid, especially pitching wise, just to give them a little bit of shine and love. But they there's still names out there for them. Can they bring a JD Martinez to to be the designated hitter? They're also talking about Dylan Cease. Although I don't think the Mets have enough in their minor league system to want to get a, get involved in the Dylan Cease sweepstakes, Corbin Burns, um, due to the fact that. They just got Acuna. They just got some of these. Um, they want to. Steve Cohen wants to build a farm system, and if you're going to trade away farm system to players, where and I, it, I don't, and he wants to cut some payroll. Also, you got Pete Alonso's contract coming up. Interesting. If they flop, will they move Pete Alonso at the trading deadline? If they're under, I believe if they're under 15 games on 500, they will. Which I don't think so. I think the Mets are going to be there. I think the Mets are going to be. This version of the Phillies, they're going to be, uh, they're not so sexy, but when the dust clears, they're right there, um, ready to clinch and host a, a wild card game. You never know. And it's it's too early for predictions. It's way too early. It's only January. I'm not going to even make predictions. I'm just talking about the Mets. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me with the New York Mets. Um, and we'll see what the Yankees, um, back to the Yankees, we'll see what they do. There's going to be a lot of, listen, there's going to be a lot of reports, a lot of speculation, and there's going to be a lot of podcasting clickbaiting. So stay tuned, get your popcorn ready. All right, let's go off with the last final thing here. It'll be wrestling. Monday Night Raw will be tonight. Monday Night Raw is going to be phenomenal there. Another kickoff there. We're going to have Cody Rhodes, again, Makamura. And, of course, you're going to have the tag team champions, Kaden Katana, taking on Chelsea Green. And Piper Nevin, a return bout there. CM Punk will be in the building in Portland, Oregon. We'll find out if Punk is entering the Rumble, or he is entering the Rumble. What's other? What's his first feud? Or if he's going to have a feud coming out of there? And of course, wrestling is thriving high. You know, we get this Saturday will be TNA's pay per view or premium live event is hard to kill. Well, that's going to be a stacked card, of course. And of course, where Mercedes Murnay, aka Sasha Banks, show up. Uh, everyone still thinks that she might be showing up Wednesday in Jacksonville at Jacksonville at the Daily Palace for AEW. Interesting enough, if she doesn't show up this Wednesday, she will be at the Rumble. Um, plain and simple. Because uh, they're gonna they're not gonna keep doing this every Wednesday, every Wednesday, unless they're gonna purposely troll the WWE um and and bring her the Wednesday before the Rumble. So people think she's going to the Rumble and then she shows up Wednesday before the Rumble at all elite wrestling that's the ultimate troll job we'll see but that, i want to say thank you for for allowing me to speak with you here give you my thoughts my opinion um 
like, share, subscribe. If you, I, you know what? You don't have to all agree. Everyone has an opinion and everyone has a thought. That's my opinion, my thoughts, and I'm sticking to it. May the sports be with you. I am Sports Jedi Kev. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for everyone. Peace out.